The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to TierlawnFarmLife.com. You're very welcome to The Farm Show. On the programme this evening, we hear of Tierland's efforts to create more gender balance in their representative structures. Michael Summers will be along with news of a series of forestry meetings being held around the country to provide information on the new forestry programme. We're going to hear all about potatoes, uh, particularly from uh, South Kilkenny. There'll be livestock reports and we get an in-depth discussion on the work of Kushnor and the Carlo Kilkenny home care team all over the next 55 minutes or so. It's almost a year since Brendan Hayes, a vice chairman of Tierland, spoke to me about changes uh, that the co-op was hoping to make in the rules of the cooperative society. And to follow on from that, the time has come to vote on uh, the proposals. And there's a meeting to that end uh, next week on Wednesday the 11th at 11am in the Lyrath Hotel. Brendan, this has been the result of an awful lot of consultation and consideration. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me. First of all, we're, we're, we're two years on the road with this one. Now, we did have a break in the middle of it, but we have had an extensive listening phase where we went out to all our committees and did surveys and we went to youth groups and, and women's groups as well. So we've had a, we went to Europe to meet international co-ops to see what international best practice was. And we met local co-ops here, DFA of America. We spoke to them and Fonterra. So we've got a whole view of what the, what the world landscape looks like and what it looks like locally and what we, should be doing and what others are doing. Yeah, and in terms of that landscape, I mean, the Irish dairy has changed fundamentally. Even the the, the numbers of people farming now far lower than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. So that naturally has to be reflected in representative roles and so on. Yeah, we when we haven't looked at this for 25 years, I think was the last time, and it took about three years to implement at that stage. So uh, back then we had 21,000 shareholders, we have about 11,500 today. So we have to evolve the system. Uh, technology has come a long ways. Uh, young people now get their information from different sources than, than we did in the past. So they have instant access to, to uh, information. As well as that, we have a gender issue. Uh, there's no point in denying it. Our, our representative structure doesn't feature many females in it. So we have to be proactive there and get ahead of what we think is going to be legislation down the line on, on gender balance. So we have designated seats and stuff like that in the, in the proposals, which we think will lift our gender quota up, up to about 13%, 13 to 15% is what we're looking at. It's not the ideal way of doing, we do realise that, but we do need a step change or else nothing will happen here. Co-op members would have received notice of the special general meeting and all the, the amen, rule amendments and inclusions that are, are being proposed. Uh, some of them are, are technical matters, but throw a few more of the main ones at me. Start with that gender one. How, how, how do you intend to achieve a, a greater female representation? Yeah, well, we've, we've, we know we have to be proactive. So what we're doing is we're designating three seats on each regional committee for females at the moment. It's a designation. So that designation, we hope in the future that will become normal so the designation can be shifted to something else. But right now it's three female seats on each regional committee to be selected by the regional committee. And then within that, then one of those female seats can go forward to the council for uh, as a designated council seat. And those seats will be permanent on the council. 
We will reduce the council back down to its current structure over a three to five year period. Nobody's going to get hit out here. It'll be through natural wastage from retirement age and stuff like that. So we feel we have to do that. And we feel that once we get a certain number of females into in there, that that'll become normal then. We want to normalise that and that they'll come through the representative structure then. We have a lot of data that says that there are a lot of women out there who are interested in the system. There are a lot of young people that we want to grab and get in, in on the system as well. So we think this is the way to do it. Like it's not the ideal way you could say, but we do need to step change. And we can see government policy at the moment. Positions in government bodies are being filled by females. You know, there's, there's, uh, they've gone uh, with that, and we we just want to get ahead of it here. Yeah. And then the ultimate goal, I assume, would be to try and rebalance somewhat the, the board. It's it's quite possible to do it in the PLC because it's a matter of nominating uh, outside people, but. Uh, on the board then, do you hope there'll be a natural progression from having having more women on the council? Yeah, well, we're not actually specifically targeting the board in this process, but next year we're going to do a review of board composition. And we hope that if we can get more women in at the lower la- layers and get them up through the organisation, that quickly we will have more diversity on the board. And it's something that's been pointed out to us by by ministers, by government uh, people, by uh, banks, and even we we expect soon by customers if we, if we don't have enough diversity on on our board. Brendan, all organisations, voluntary and otherwise, are challenged by the lack, the relative lack of youth, and I even include sporting organisations, political organisations, parish councils, you name it. The cooperative movement is no different. Yeah. yeah, we know we have an issue with youth. There's no doubt about it. So we've gone being proactive on that. So we're setting up a youth academy, which is is a, a, we're setting up five groups. One will be here based here in Kilkenny, and we'll invite in young people and young women and young men into it. Uh, light touch. We'll bring them to the factories. We'll bring them to um, meet management. We'll have guest speakers in three, four times a year, maybe bring them to a social event and get them interested. Tell them what the co-op is about. We want people to understand that the last thing they see is the lorry going out the gate with Tealon on the back. But after that, there's a, there's a, a whole ream of stuff that goes on. There's 2,300 people working. There's factories, there's products, there's markets, there's shipping. There's all that involved in how we sell, what we make and how we sell it. So we want people to understand that we're not unique in in the young with the young people i mean all organizations have that same problem but we are going about it and we have had discussions with young people we met 75 focus groups of young people and they're actually asking us why aren't you not back to us where where have you been since so uh, we're now setting up structures for that and i say one of them will be based here in kilkenny probably one in dungab and one in port leash one in gory and one in navin that's the plan. Also, we have a, you know, we're going to educate people. We have five layers of education or, or courses that we can do uh, as you go up through the organization. The first one will be, as I say, light touch. But as you go up, we expect people to have done these courses before they go for the board, before they get to the board, so that when they get to the board, they put their legs under the table and they're off and running straight away. It often takes a long time to get up to speed on the board so we really want them to be ready to to hit the ground running when they get to the board. I presume those courses are in the area of uh, equipping people with the necessary skills whether it's analysing a a data sheet or a a financial statement or whatever not brainwashing them into a a particular point of view. Absolutely what what the, the, the key ones are in my opinion you mentioned finance Really, you need to get up to speed on finance to be able to talk about that balance sheet or that, you know, when you're talking, even we're talking about milk pricing, you need to know where the finances are. The other one is on your industry. You need to know your industry, the dairy industry. You need to know Tier Lawn as a member of the dairy industry. 
And the other one is communication. So well, people need to be able to communicate the message back to their people at ground level and their area and regional committees and being able to communicate back up with management as well. So you have to, you know, you have to be skilled in that sense as well. Looking at it from that perspective, I assume then it's more committed people you're looking for than people with, uh, you know, absolute skills starting out. Yeah, look, well, what we've said is, we're, what we're said in this process is, first of all, we're big on geographical diversity. So every, every area has to be represented. And we had some issues around that, that people felt that they were being left behind or could be left behind or there'd be nobody in a particular parish. But we are big on the best people coming forward and the most committed. And I think if we get a mix of both, I think we'll have a wonderful organisation going forward. We don't do this, Matt. We're going to have end up like like over you know, in the UK where most of the dairy industry is not owned locally, it's owned by people from outside. We don't want that situation to arise, so we need to keep we need to keep rebooting the organization. Before we finish, I have to ask you about milk price prospects. We've seen a disastrous uh, reduction over the summer. Where are we going now into the autumn? Well, we, what we're looking for is we're looking for to see where this is going to land. You know, we look at our newer figures. They tell us that it's not landed yet. We hope it'll land sooner, that it'll find its base, and then, then we can climb from there. We're looking at a good, if we can get, we got a good GDT last week. We hope we could get another good GT, and it's down to sentiment then. So when guys come back into the market and start buying, the issue here in dairy at the moment is, is China. China's not buying product at the moment. Their economy is in a bad place. Property uh, is nearly going bust, and they have an issue with youth unemployment. So they're not buying, as well as that, they're self-sufficient in dairy by 40% now. Then that milk, which usually comes from New Zealand, gets splashed all over the place. So we're, we're, we're meeting them in, in Asia, we're meeting them in North Africa. So until that reverses or something happens there, that demand picks up. And look, hopefully it'll be it'll happen soon, but there's, there's no guarantee yet. We don't know where the bottom is yet, but we're not far off it, I'd imagine. Some of the milk price comparisons don't look good for Tierlan. Yeah, well, we, we've, well, what we've done here was we paid very strongly in the front end of the year. We, we, we were very strong when costs were high on farm. We paid very strongly at that point. We were, if you do leagues, we were very much top of the leagues at that point. Uh, we decided to do that to, to bring it out early when the costs were high. Now solids are going up. We're not, uh, we're not up in the league as high as somebody, some of the others, but others have done other stuff that didn't pay out. We paid out a centiliter for last year. Some, some crops didn't pay that. I think by year end, I think we will be in a good place on a year, end, a, a total year basis. Um, but look, we're, we're anxious to get up that league again. There's no question about it. KCLR. The new forestry programme has been announced. And on foot of that, Chagask is running a nationwide series of forestry advisory meetings. Michael Summers of Chagask joins me. Michael, these are going to be across the country over the next couple of weeks. That's right, Matt. I have three in this area. I'm kicking off next Wednesday night in Kilkenny, the 11th. Thursday night is in Turles, and the following Wednesday night, the 18th, I'm in Dungarvan in Waterford. This programme has been waited for for quite some time. It looks pretty attractive from the outset, and it has to be positive news. So, like, uh, what we're going to do is just cover the specifics on the scheme and I will be covering how it will be integrated with other farming schemes, which is also very important. So, uh, yeah, so we have three meetings in the area over the next two weeks. They're general uh, meetings that go through the overview of the scheme 
how much money is in relation to premiums and some of the changes. Like for for example, uh, we're we're gone from what we would have called the traditional grant and premium category. It's moved into a thing called forest type. There's twelve different types of forest types. The premium payment ranges between 746 euros a hectare all the way up to 1142 euros per hectare. There's a 15-year period for non-farmers and 20 years for farmers. So obviously qualifying for as a farmer is, is an issue within this scheme, which was a big change from the previous scheme. Uh, there's 12 different types. So the range from agroforestries, you have... Um, you have uh, the planting of broad leaves all the way up to the seed orchards. And then we also have the mixed high forest, which is the traditional Sitka spruce, 20% broad leaf or mixture. So again, look, it's been, there's a lot of changes in this. There's, it's not a one size fits all. And over the years, maybe with the question which yourself given, I've always said it's not a one size fits all. It's a menu. And this is no different. Uh, there is 12 different types and hopefully that uh, people can see that there has been a, a lot of effort put into addressing some of the issues on the ground that would have been there previously. Yeah, it's not just a tweaking of the original program. This is an entirely new program. So people need to get up to speed, even in terms of soil type that uh, will be allowed for different species and so well, on. That, that, that's correct, Matt. Like, should at the end of the day, one of the traditional soils for planting would have been peats. Uh, there is a ruling in, in the new scheme that 30 centimetres of peat and, and greater are now deemed uh, um, unplantable. So, look, that wouldn't be a major issue in a lot of Kilkenny. Uh, but there would be an issue in, in a good bit of the mountainous areas in both Waterford and Tipperary. So like, uh, it's just one of the changes. And there's also changes in relation to archaeology and there's other environmental reports that would have to be done that wasn't done on other schemes as well. So it should allow for forestry to fit well in, into both the agricultural systems that are there and also into the environment. As part of an overall mix on a farm, it could have a role for a lot more people, if if they thought about it strongly, I mean, there's I, I presume there's a minimum amount of land to be sown, but there's no maximum, so the, the, people can choose to a forest part of their farm if they want to. Well, like that's always been the premise of this. Like this is this is about farm forestry. This is not about plant, um, big scale plantation. This is about farmers looking at forestry as a as an investment vehicle, as a vehicle that is putting on increment there every year, is doing its thing. And that the farmer is not tending to a day in, day out, that they can put maybe more emphasis on, on, on better land or their intensive systems. Uh, so like, again, like it, it, it's, it hasn't changed from those core principles of what farm forestry set out for at the very start back even in 1992. So we have to look at all those things as well. And like a lot of those crops are now up for harvesting. So like there has been a lot of, despite all the things with licensing and disease issues and other things, there has been a lot of positive news in in forestry maybe over the last 10 or 15 years that maybe not might be getting the same traction as, uh, as what other things are. Remind me of those meetings again and we'll let you off. So we're kicking off next Wednesday in Kilkenny at half seven. Thursday in Turles at half seven and the following Wednesday night or Wednesday night in the Park Hotel in Dungarvan at half seven as well. Lovely. Thank you, Michael Summers. Thanks very much. All the best. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Board Bia has designated tomorrow as National Potato Day and uh, to that end I'm joined by potato grower John Crowley well known to Farm Show listeners John how are you? 
Good, Matt. Um, I, I, I spoke to you the other day and um, intermittent work, I would suggest, being done in terms of harvesting potatoes. Uh, you're getting through it. Well, it should be very intermittent, though. Because, you know, you know, everyone just said when they finished the harvest was a struggle, never mind, you know. There's very little harvesting done. Yeah, absolutely. Even some 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 late sown crops of of grain to be harvested as of a, a couple of days ago, and nothing much happened in the meantime. But tell me, in terms of potatoes, I I saw a video of you turning up some sods anyway. Um, <laughs> crops look reasonably well. Yeah, well, in, in fresh ground and good ground, they're they good crops, but not you know not great, nothing to write home. But on average, I'd say they're going to be back a nice bit. There won't be any really exceptional crops because sure, the, the weather wasn't in it, you know, they didn't get the sunshine then that little bit of early drought you know, then we had the rain and those colder spells And of course a lot of uh, a, 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 a lot of um, blight challenge I would think Huge blight challenge this year, it was nearly impossible, I'd say anyone said that hadn't blight this year as a lawyer <laughs> everyone, everyone was challenged with us, you know, going in and to even to get in was a problem, like you know yeah, absolutely. Where are we now, John, in terms of cropping? Early's all done, second early's done, main crop, I assume. Even the queens are probably mostly harvested at this stage. Oh, they are, yeah. And queens were very scarce this year. There were a huge demand for queens. They were probably less of them saw number one. They were harder to sell other years, but they were like hen's teeth this year. There were a huge market for queens. And they came in two stages. The first lot, they were in Westwood and them that got in. And then there was a big break. It was nearly out of queens in the country at one stage there. Then the next ones came in, and then pinks moved on the market very fast. And some of the pinks were on the market like they didn't get to bulk up. Lovely quality, good dry matter in them, but not a huge size. And I don't think they'll be they're going to be big size in potatoes this year. They they find it a struggle to to, to bulk up, and the, the year is over now. You could say. Yeah, I have to say, compliment you and your fellow growers on the queens at least this year. I thought they were superb. Yeah, the quality was top class, you know. I don't know, don't know, whites was so good, but it was very good. And Well, I, I keep the manure back in my own every year anyway. I always see, but I'm probably going in on fresh ground. You're going in and lay ground, you can afford to do that. But if you're going in on ground that's been chilled a long time, you have to keep the manure in on them, you know. And the rooster remains the, the, the baseline the big the big main cropper that'll store right across the winter and be in supply still in supply hopefully next March and April well, yeah, the rooster's the biggest seller by far in the, in the country some people well I suppose more, they mustn't, the majority of people voted their feet they're a nice potato all around they're easy potatoes appeal and the housewife like them they look nice there's a nice skin finish on them and then other people just wouldn't go near a rooster some of the probably older generation they don't like them when you peel them, that kind of a uh, colour underneath, that yellow underneath them. But they're, they're definitely great all around for mashing and peeling and mightn't have the same dry matter as other people, as other varieties like gold mundus and that. But the younger generation, our taste has nearly gone more like the English. Now they, they nearly prefer a waxier potato. Yeah, well, I have to say, I find the rooster hugely versatile. You can do anything with it, from, as you say, from chipping to baking. Yeah, and they're, they're a good yielder and Good to store and Goldmunder's never more of a niche market and most of my Goldmunder customers would be in, in the graveyard 
lots of mercy on him or, or the wind and us and home. No, a bit, of, a, 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 bit, <laughs> a bit of advice you might give me for our, our listeners. If the Queens are nearly finished, there's a few bags here and there still left. Um, what would you move on to? What would you advise people to move on to before they, they get down to the, the roosters? I would care pinch, but like certain parts, Kerry and that part of Munster now, Kerry and Cork could be all pinks, good quality pinks. Some people don't like pinks, but they're a lovely, a lovely potato, a lovely flowery potato. Different taste of them, really, but there wouldn't be potato that you'd be a housewife would be going to peel because their eyes are very deep. There wouldn't be a potato for peeling. You'd want to be doing them in their jackets, really, you know. John, they're, they're, they're a nice. Yeah, go on. They're a, they're a nice, they're a lovely flavour of, of a pink. They're a lovely change. Actually, the last few weeks now, people are asking me, I'm just finished them, Queens, and they're looking for pinks. But then when you start them pinks, they're looking for wonders. And that's the nature of the beast. And then we go into January, the first week of January, they'll be asking me in shops, when will you have queens? <laughs> I'll tell them, I'll have to sew them, I'll have to sew them first. We're always looking for something. That's the nature of the human being. We're always looking for something different, you know. Absolutely. John, I'm not suggesting that ye potato growers are an endangered species, but I, I note the latest CSO figures, uh, acreage down another 100 hectares or more. Uh, they are. They are an endangered species, I say, because you take out the top big growth to some huge growth in the in the country, you know, some great, huge growth there, doing a great job. And the smaller grower has gone, so like even the vegetables, the small vegetable grower has gone as well. And it's sad in a, in a way because, especially the way we're on about you now, carbon footprint and that, and like, it's sad to see so many those small growers, top vegetable growers gone. They've just gone out, gone out of it. And it's not John. It's, 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 it's not John for the want of effort at diversification. I mean, there's a an awful lot more um, crisps available now from any number of growers. Uh, you know that see it right through from sowing the spud to putting it in the in in in, in the crispy packet. And also, I notice a, a huge effort to increase the amount of chipping potatoes in the country because it's a different animal altogether. That that potato that's used for chipping. Yeah, it's good to see because I suppose. 95% of the chipping potatoes of the last 30 years were coming in from England, which was crazy. We are well capable of grow, grow, growing them here, but that market is growing, actually, to the saver. And the baby potatoes as well, the little small baby potatoes, that market is growing. And a lot of growers now have gone into that market. And, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're displacing the, the potatoes that was coming from England, which is great. It's a, they're not a potato that I would like to be eating, but look, at that's what the people want now. And they're used in hotels and a lot for serving. And you know, you're serving your girls, you get them a lot of time in the place. It's more about they look the thing rather than maybe what they taste. But that's the reality. But they're, they're bit, that market is growing. And the shipping market is good to see that. It's great to see that going again. But more effort should have been put into that a long, long time ago. It was left slip. The amount of effort, the amount of finance that has to grow, go into growing a crop of potatoes yeah. is huge. Is is there at least a margin or prospect of a margin in the in the crop this year? Oh, they, they, they are definitely. They're making a good price this year. They're at 600 euro a ton maybe, you know what I mean, up around that. And maybe more, depending whether you're packing or you're putting them into 5 kgs or 10 kgs. But your costs are crazy, like your costs and everything. So bright now you're talking about five thousand an acre to grow an acre, I suppose now, maybe five and a half and four and a half to five and a half. You see then what lads are paying for Conacre, crazy money. 
you know, it's, I don't know, is it just costs up right and across all sectors of farm? I think the cost is killed. It's killing people in every sector and in every stand, in every walk of life. The only person walking every day, nearly two litres for a litre of petrol, now it's just frightening. Crazy what's going on. Yeah, and the prospect or not of an increase in carbon tax in the budget. Now, it looks like they might be going to hold off on it, but uh, it shows a direction in thinking that doesn't take account of the person trying to trying to, trying to to run a business. I know. I feel sorry for a lot of people. I don't know how people are surviving. Even handling big money now, you still have really nothing at the end of the day, you know. And to think about it at times, like, just have to keep ahead of it. And... and Farm and you know it's just like especially even milk was going great last year, but this year now it's just it's just crazy the way it's going. But that's the way it is, and to just cost again costs, and everyone seems to jump on the bandwagon with carbon and different excuses. But a government or no a government or no help, they're taking too much money on the tax on on fuels. It's absolutely madness. I don't know how they get away with it. They're saying now that they won't pass on the next excise excise duties that's coming. Sure, they shouldn't have been put back on at all. We're one of the dearest countries in the world for oil, as far as I know. I don't know why. John, John, before uh, before we conclude our conversation, uh, park the day job, if you will, park the tractor, park the, yeah. the potato harvester. Your your work in South Africa continues. Lion, we're feeding 224 there every day. Uh, 24 of them would be, would be fed and housed 24-7 and the other 200 then or 101 school that comes in every morning to get a little bit of breakfast and a bit of dinner then when they're finished they do an hour and a half of after school care in two centres 100 in each one we opened one of those in August 2018 and unfortunately two of those people that I opened with that have passed away one of them was my best friend Ronnie Mel I knew her for 17 years both of them got COVID both of them passed away both of them hadn't had any vaccination they hadn't got it in time so, you know, there's good things, but the, the project has gone on. The two of those um, headed up that with me. It was their idea. I was out there with, me, with my wife, Margaret, two years ago, and we officially opened that centre in Riverlands. It's halfway between Marmersbury and Cape Town. Marmersbury is a good farm and area, good lot of dairy farms, and a lot of wheat growing in that area. Big, big places, but smaller yields, potato growing there as well. And uh, look, that's so that South Africa thing is flying. We put in new beds there now for the kids. Eighteen or nineteen new beds went in there lately and redoing up where the the girls are in the centre Elkana childcare. Uh there's twenty four there at a maximum between five years of age and fifteen years of age. Girls that have been physically and sexually suffered horrific abuse and different forms and all sorts of abuse and they're getting a chance in life and they stay there on a short-term base maybe for three months but it could go on to four and five or six or seven months or longer until they get a suitable long-term accommodation. A chance, great, a, a, you know, chance a chance in life and that's all people that's all people can ask for. Keep up the good work, John, and thank you very much for joining us this evening. Right, same to you, Matt, and thanks and love listening to your programme. You're doing a great job there and great get the word out there to everybody, farmers and non-farmers. All Take care. Working together. Thank you, Matt. All the best. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Oh, welcome back. And in the meantime, the studio has become very, very crowded. We've even run out of chairs. George, God help him, has nowhere to sit. George, 
uh, we discussed next week bringing in some of the people who work with organisations that uh, are actively supported by yourself and indeed by the station here and we'll get around to how that happens first of all tell me about your involvement uh, well, Matt, uh, as you know, I um, haven't been a cancer sufferer myself, I, and, and plus I know an awful lot of people who who who, uh, who suffer from the uh, from the cancer. Of course, treatments. Let's uh, let's face it, have improved. A lot of people are survived. And my sister, who is a nurse over in England, said, "Remember, more men die with." prostate cancer rather than from prostate cancer. That's due to uh, developments. But as I said, I felt the Carlicle Kenny Home Care team, a brilliant Ian Wilson and company, started that years ago. I always had a great time for them. And of course, Kushnor has come on board also, a great fundraiser too. And, and maybe Mary later on will tell you exactly what their role is. But um, before I, I, and maybe I'm going to save our PRO, Philip, a little bit of time here. I want to say a big thanks to all the farmers who contributed uh, to Kilkenny Lions Club's fund. And a uh, Big thanks to the girls in the office, Annie and Amory. They were doing the checks and checking out people, etc., etc. Don't forget, girls, the hamper appeal is coming up again and you'll be involved there also for nothing. And a big thanks also sincerely, sincerely for the Comerford family who gave us a pedigree heifer. Now, Christy Comerford donated about four or five pedigree heifers before he he died, ironically, from cancer. And to the to Marguerite and the, the Comerford family, thank you very much for your support. It's very much appreciated. A lot of people to talk to. I'll be back later on, Matt. Thank you. Now I'm letting you take a, a back seat, George, for the time being, because you have the day job to report on livestock prices later. In the meantime, joining us in studio, we have uh, Mary Kennedy, president of uh, Kilkenny Lions Club, and uh, PRO Philip O'Neill. Also, we have representing the Kilkenny Carlo Home Care team, uh, Brian Kiley is in studio, and from Cushnor, Mary Dolan. Let's start then with the lady next to me, uh, Mary Kennedy. Mary. You have a long and dedicated involvement in fundraising for worthy causes. We have, I mean, Kilkenny Lions are active for over the last 50 years and over that time we've raised nearly a million euro for um, various uh, causes here in the um, within the city and county and I suppose particularly the um, any, the cancer services uh, as George has mentioned the um, Carlo Kilkenny Home Care and Cushnor uh, we usually have some sort of fundraising initiative for each of those um, probably um, on a very regular basis and we're also involved in funding the uh, radio ther- the tra- providing some assistance for the radiotherapy transport so we run various initiatives and certainly uh, we also did um, our duck race last year which was Relay for Life and George took a significant lead on it um, in that he cajoled and persuaded a number of the uh, farmers and the customers of the mart to to buy a significant number of ducks so that duck race took place this um, it had to be postponed from last October to uh, in March now we're having another duck race on the Sunday of the October bank holiday weekend and this year we're providing the cert- we're hoping to raise some funds for the um, School of the Holy Spirit, so for their um, therapeutic programs, including um, equine therapy. So, um, as I said, we've we very much rely on the local community, but particularly the farming community, um, for our auction at Christmas. So, I'll hand over to Philip if he wants to comment on any more of our fundraising. No, yeah, they're, yeah they're, Philip, just add sorry, add to sorry, that sorry, if you yeah, like. In yeah. terms of uh, talk to me about the diversity of the Lions Club membership, and uh, and, and and then how. The most interaction with the farming community is through the the, the, the Christmas yeah. auction. Um, I suppose, but first of all, um, 
the line the lines committee is very much um, it's very much uh, a lot of people who are working in in various kind of in the business sector in the farming sector in the community sector uh, there are also a lot of our members are retired there is a huge network of people that work but besides the people that work uh, within the committee they they have a network of people that help out on different fundraising events so we can at any time practically uh, have nearly 100 people involved in, in a fundraising event um, the one thing you mentioned about the, the relationship with the lions and the far- farming community uh, we would find the farming community extraordinarily generous as regards the amount that we actually receive from the, from the farming community through, as you said, the actual Christmas farm auction that's held on your show. And this year it's held on Thursday, the 30th of November, and the following Thursday, uh, the 5th of November. Or sorry, the 7th of November. Or sorry, 7th of December. So it's the 30th of November and the following Thursday, the 7th of December. But every year, um, we would auction around 60 items and we would get extraordinary money from the farming community. And as regards the money received, um, that George has been talking about, that has come through the marts and the farming community over a number of months. And we're extremely grateful to the Lions Club to have received so much money. And the fact that we will be distributing that money to the Carlock Kenny Home Care team and to uh, Cushnor, the Cancer Support Centre. And both of those, uh, they do extraordinary work within the community. And the one thing within the Lions that we have, I suppose, down through the years made sure of is that the money we receive goes within the city and county. That is County Kilkenny, so that the people who benefit, the pe- we get the money from the people within County Kilkenny and we give it back to the people within County Kilkenny. Brian Kiley, you're involved with the Kilkenny Home Care Team. Now, some people would have a very familiar relationship for obvious reasons with the Home Care Team. Others, m- more of a, a, a peripheral or a vague idea of what you do. What do you do? Well, Matt, um, what we do is uh, Carlton County Home Care Team provides palliative care um, and that's a word that's bandied around and a lot of people don't uh, uh, don't really understand it. It, it. Palliative care is care provided to cancer sufferers and people suffering from other long-term illnesses uh, that helps relief the, relieve the pain and symptoms associated with that um, and Carl Kenny Home Care Team have been doing that for, for 30 years. And I'd just like to take the opportunity on behalf of Carl Kenny Home Care to thank the Lions Club, who have been perennially generous to Carl Kenny Home Care Team. I'd like to thank the farming community and Kilkenny Livestock Mart for their support. Um, we're a community, we're, sorry, we're an organisation that provides support to the communities of Carlow and Kilkenny. And unfortunately, cancer affects everybody. And a lot of your listeners will have known and have come across the nursing team that Car- of Carlow Kilkenny Home Care Team and have benefited from the supports, if that's the right word, uh, that they have provided. Could I also, would also be remiss of me, Matt, not to thank the great George Chandler, as I call him, the voice of Kilkenny. I've known George for 
for for too many years and or maybe he's known me for too many years and like his his dedication to causes and his commitment to the community like he he's he go red now and he'll give out to me later for saying all this but I'm going to say it because lots there's very few people like George and his commitment to various organizations and everybody in the room and every listener knows what George does and so it's a it's on behalf of Cardical Kenny Home Care team let me just thank George for everything he does not only for us but for everybody in the communities I, of Carlow. I'll let you off with that because George, he gets lots of praise and he doesn't get a big head, so fair dues <laughs> to him. Just very briefly, Brian, whilst you yes. have the microphone, yes. I know that your services interact with urban people and rural people. They do. And I include, obviously, farm families yes. there. Yes. No, absolutely. Now, I, 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 there is a cha- under, we're undergoing a change and we're extend, expand, extending our services because Carl Kenny Home Care Team is undergoing change in that the nursing team is now fully funded. Well, it, the funding is provided fully by the HSE and we're embarking now on a new course of action in providing wider supports. And I was on with, uh, with uh, Brian on the morning show uh, with Catherine Quinlan uh, about a month ago, elucidating on what those will be. Mary Dolan, Kushnor, what do you do? We offer um, a range of services to people um, who have cancer and their family members. We know how devastating a cancer diagnosis is uh, in any family. It's like a bomb going off. Um, And they have great medical care while they're in the medical system. Um, But when they finish their treatment, often they have that cliff edge uh, where the support just finishes. Um, And we pick up that support at that time. we offer counselling services. Uh, we offer manual lymphatic drainage, which is a, a, a clinical massage for people with lymphedema. We have um, a range of com- complementary therapies. Uh, we offer group supports, uh, breast cancer support group. We have a men's group. Um, we have um, a group that supports um, people who are parenting alone after losing um, a partner to cancer. Um, and um, then we have a children's service. So we were providing support services for children who had uh, were living in a household where there was a family member with cancer or if they were bereaved. And this year in 2023, we're now offering um, supports for children who themselves have cancer. Um, so that's a new avenue that we're taking the service down. Uh, we're very, very reliant on fundraising. I, I was going to say that all predicated on the financial resources you can only do as much as you can do with the resources available absolutely and about less than 15 percent of the funding that we receive uh, comes through the the nccp the national cancer control program Uh, other than that we rely completely on the community to fundraise on our behalf Uh, so we're very very fortunate we have really great support from the communities all around Kilkenny Um, so the farming communities would be uh, have done some fantastic fundraisers uh, for us we've had the Happy Valley tractor run Kilkenny um, College they did a tractor run for us Um, so we support about two-thirds of our client base is is um, from outside of the city so you know we, we we're very familiar with um, with with rural communities. Um, so yes, we're so reliant on fundraising, which makes this particular fundraiser. Uh, something that we really really appreciate not just the farming communities but obviously the work that George has put into it um, and we also get great support from the Lions Club the Rotary Club etc 
Mary Kennedy, last short word from you. Uh, I, I heard on the radio today somewhere that the Irish are extraordinarily generous. And I, th- I think that's because we have an understanding that there, but for the grace of God, go us ourselves. Yeah, and I suppose it's very much, you know, the whole aspect of um, that we help one another and we are very much reliant, you know, and, and, and neighbours. And, you know, if you go back to, you know, the Mehel is very much around supporting and helping one another. And that's what we are here in the Lions Club. And we're now about to embark on our our um, Christmas spirit appeal. We're having the launch um, of that on Tuesday next. So hopefully we'll have the Mayor and the uh, of and um, Brian Cody. And then we'll be having our schools, we'll be having our, our auction here. And we're totally Totally reliant on the support that we get here from Casey Lar and from um, with George and Kilkenny Mart and the farming community and the farm action, and we'll be having our schools concert on the sixteenth, the fourteenth of um, the. Fo- the 14th of December in St. Canice's Cathedral where we'll have schools from both the city and the county. So um, hopefully we'll be um, in a position to um, provide uh, support to the Vincent de Paul in relation to assisting people who will struggle and you know um, around Christmas time. So that's how we're probably embarking on one of our busiest times. We're starting with the duck race um, on, the 29th, on the 29th of um, October and then we'll be into the um, the two auctions and the school's concert and we also have a street collection on the seven, on the 17th of um, December so we'll be looking for support from far and wide for those initiatives in the And I'll, I'm sure you'll get it for the very very deserving causes that you support uh, Mary, Brian, Philip and Mary thank you very much for coming into studio this evening we're back on the day job now we're going straight over to Tullow for Eric Driver's mar- uh, sheep report the sale of the year here today in Tullow with uh, over 3,000 sheep on offer. Looking to the trade then, uh, those good flesh lambs holding good steady trade here. Top call there 151 today with lots of lambs there between the 140 to 146 mark with them good 46, 47 kilos there selling from the mid 130s upwards. Over we go then to the store lamb trade here. Good store, store lamb trade. Lots of farmer customers here around the ring and online and the slight stores there, 30 to 32 kilos they're selling from 83 and 4 up to 95 and 6 depending on type and quality with the 35, 36 kilos they're selling from the mid 90s up to 105 or 6 with the 39 to 40 kilos they're selling in there from 107 and 8 up to 117, 18 even touching in on 120 there in some instances with 42, 43 kilos between 120 and 130 cash yo trade no great change here heavy yo's up to a top call of 220 with lots of store yo's there selling from uh, 150 to 170 a kilo there in the brood ring hoggett yo's up to a top call of 220 but numbers starting to replenish here and with the lighter hoggets they're selling from 160 upwards and just to say we have a large entry of rams here both SAS approved and they're selling in the region there from age rams from 150 all the way up to a top call of 600 euro there for a good charlie ram lamb today and uh, a good clearance in the ram section don't forget our cattle sale on Friday, Winling sales Saturday, and it's all back again here next Tuesday. Thank you. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. KCLR Mart Report. Sponsored by Kilkenny Livestock Mart. Serving the farming community for over 60 years. 
Now let's hear how things fared at Killian Hill this week. George. Yes, uh, today, Matt, in Kilkenny, 1,300 cattle on offer. That's a wee bit smaller than last week. Uh, less customers for the plain type, but a large uh, number of cull cows on offer. Some of those are very poor quality types and more difficult to sell, specifically those with a Jersey influence. But in the bullet, and the turnover today would uh, exceed one and a quarter million. So uh, today in the bullock ring, the uh, bullocks, uh, 600 kilo plus, 2 euro to 3 euro per kilo. That's 1,380 to 2,300 euro per head, five to six hundred kilo bullock from one eighty to three fifteen per kilo, nine fifty there, up to a top of uh, eighteen forty, uh, the four to five hundred kilo bullock from one seventy to three fifteen per kilo, seven eighty to fifteen ten per head, with the lighter types under four hundred kilo, one sixty to two seven five per kilo, or a price range there of four fifty to ten twenty per head. In the cow division, there are two splits here. Uh, the second rate Frisian cull cows from seventy cent a kilo to one ten, with the better types from one twenty to two ten per kilo. Continental cows from 150 to 240 per kilo. Beef heifers, 2 euro to 280 per kilo. That's 1300 euro to 1790 per head. The four saw heifer from 2 euro 5 to 308 per kilo. That's 1080 to 1600 euro per head. With the lighter types from uh, 150 to 290 per kilo or from 680 to 1150 per head. So Matt, a big sale, a lot of cull cows coming out and um, those plainer ones and some of them look to have still a bit of milk in them. Uh, more difficult to get away um, so everything is in bright and rosy as said I go to the sheep just quickly uh, on mo- uh, Monday last our butcher lamb from 130 to 159 per head the factory type 128 to 140 per head the uh, store lamb a good solid trade 75 to 115 per head and the cull used from 60 euro to 205 per head we'd also a dairy sale on, on, on Monday and I call it disappointing Frisian heifers uh, ranging from 280 to 335 per kilo made from 400 euro to 550 euro per head. Fresh calf Frisian cows that were making maybe 1800 to 2022 in the springtime, 1100 euro to 1450 per head. In calf types from 780 to 900 euro per head. I mean, one or two struggled into a thousand. And um, th- so, all in all, a disappointing trade for dairy on Monday. Uh, Monday next, we have a ram sale, and this is the last ram sale for the Kilkenny breeders. And um, that's on next Monday. And there's Suffolk, Texel and uh, Charlie on offer and uh, many of those are qualified for the SAS scheme a weanling sale on Thursday last or Tuesday should I say last Tuesday we had a super trade for weanlings and remember if you have calves bring them along there also and we have uh, our sale next Tuesday last week by the way the bull weanlings range the bulk of the good ones uh, 260 to 388 per kilo the heifers from 240 to 377 per kilo and uh, the sucker sale will be on Tuesday the 24th of October in conjunction with a weaning sale over 100 um, not quite 100 there's about 80 on offer on that day and entries being taken and uh, deadline date will be the 18th of October so it's been a busy time in March Matt uh, as you can see and uh, next week will be no exception George, we've always said that uh, livestock production, whether it's dry stock or, or beef or milk production, is built on confidence, and those dairy sales show how easily confidence can be shattered. Unfortunately, Matt, yes. Uh, definitely, the, you know, maiden heifers at the moment are, 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 are nearly impossible to sell, uh, Frisian maiden heifers. 
Matt, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm worried. I'm worried the fact that sexsemen is now being used. Therefore, you're going to have surplus region heifers. Therefore, there's a lot of those heifers will not reach the, reach the criteria for specifically. They mightn't go in calf. There might be morphodites, etc., etc. So you're going to. I'm worried at the moment unless we kind of get an outlet for those cattle. Yeah, on the, on the other hand, George, just to, to counterbalance, uh, some of the reason for the sex semen is, in fact, to, to increase the amount of uh, beef dairy that's, that'll come through, that'll be born, you know, to, to reduce the, 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 the dairy heifer calf requirements to what's needed for correct, replacements correct. or a little uh, more uh, and, and, and to up the beefing potential. Yes, but of course, we've seen what's happened with the, um, with the demise of the suckler herd. You know, the pure beef animal is very difficult to see. Um, and as I said, some of those, some of those high Holstein cows will not produce a, a, a beef um, type animal anyway. British Frisian, yes, you have a great chance there, much better chance than with the Holstein. I'm not writing down any breeding specifically. And another problem we have, Matt, is the Jersey-influenced animal. They're getting very difficult to sell. If you see on the board in the commercial ring, a, the cow was a Jersey, uh, even though the animal looks quite okay, but definitely uh, it, 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 it frightens people to, to breed on those animals. So... Some issues there. I want issues to have a, a longer discussion with you course. next week. Uh, but for now, my thanks to everyone who participated. The list is too long to go through them. To Martin, who produced and engineered. For me, Matt O'Keefe, until next week, farm well, farm safely. Good night and goodbye. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com.